trending news right now. 20 minutes past four. Let's get into it. What's happened in the world of news, hashtags and headlines? We're joined by Adukunle Owalabi, who is journalist, researcher and social commentator. How are you on this Wednesday, Ade? I'm doing good. And yourself? Um, it's, it's, been, it's been fine on my side. Thank you. All right, let's start there on your side, actually. And, and I'm, gl- I'm glad you are well. I'm also well. Hashtag Nigeria elections. In Nigerian elections, women are battling against the odds. Uh, women candidates said to be facing danger, uh, even examples being cited back in 2019, where governorship elections in Kaduna uh, were, were used to, to, to set an example on this particular issue, also in Niger State. What can you tell us about this time around? Oh yes, uh, th- thank you, Sander. Um, um, Nigeria is um, is actually a secular state according to the constitution of Nigeria, but um, unfortunately, it is also a country that is actually um, uh, dominated uh, with uh, religious views and with with the northern Nigerian being um, strict uh, Muslims and the southern part to be a mix of uh, Muslims and Christians. And these are part of the factors that have also um, influenced uh, the exclusion of women in the politics where women have been uh, seen to um, to take a back seat. And at some point, even the outgoing president has once made a comment saying that his wife, the first lady, uh, does belong to, to the to the kitchen, and um, and and that is something that is actually created that atmosphere where women are being um, sometimes attacked, and we've seen even right now with the campaign getting really intense as Nigeria head to polls in the in ten days from now. Actually, uh, we've seen intimidation. Um, um, talks attacking oppositions in their rally and all sort of um, um, violence in, in, in different kind of uh, nature. So it is quite a shame to see that uh, women are actually um, really fighting in, in very uh, little number to be uh, noticed in, in a country like uh, Nigeria. Accounts of women politicians narrowly escaping assault, I mean, are being given. Who is responsible? Do we know? Um, I, I think it, it right now in, it, we haven't seen anyone uh, arrested. We haven't seen conviction. And of course, some academics and also some politicians have been calling for the Nigerian constitution to, to be reviewed and also to look at how they can look at some of these laws that have been in, that are created in the constitution, which were based on uh, religious views, as I say, but but the constitution says Nigeria is a secular uh, nation. So it is just a bit of uh, confusion and also um, contradiction as well, if I put it that way. Uh, we can only hope that um, a, new, a new era of Nigerian can actually, Nigerians rather, can actually begin to look at how they can shape um, Nigerians' future by actually campaigning for, for women inclusion, not just in government, also in, in the corporate world. In, and as we've seen, in South Africa, where we've seen quite a number of women in parliament, it would be nice to see um, such a progressive um, approach in a country like Nigeria. And I mean, 10% of assembly seats being contested by women is something, but, you know, it can grow. What about women voters? Any issues there? 
there, there's quite a quite a lot of uh, women voters, and and it's, it's just been um, a, a situation where we used to having uh, previous um, past leaders, like we've seen in the past uh, over 24 years or 25 years of uh, democracy in Nigeria. We've seen two previous military uh, rulers in the past who has actually come to to lead Nigeria again in a fair share of um, eight years equally. That is 16 years. So women are uh, we used to just voting the same uh, pattern as we've seen in the in other polls in Nigeria. Let's talk hashtag Bushiri now. Uh, Bushiri's extradition case coming to the spotlight again. So witnesses in South Africa have been ordered to testify in person and they must go to Malawi. Um, quite an interesting development on this case. And this is a, a case that has actually um, not just been decided by a public opinion, but also is a case with a lot of interest as well. Uh, I think having to... Um, having these witnesses traveling to Malawi to actually testify in this case, uh, it's 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 quite. Um, I do not think it's it's one of is the best way to go about this. But um, I think also um, the outcome of that uh, with of that hearing would also determine what approach the the South African side will be taking. And we I believe Malawi is part of the Sadika uh, countries, and we, it will have been um, uh, nice to see how. Um, you know, diplomacy will have actually come into place here, knowing the treaty between the two countries. But in this case of Bushiri, it is not the case. I think it's also, it could be a tactic as well to also uh, bring, uh, just to take time on this case, as it's been dragging um, since 2020, and, and this is a 2023 now. And uh, we can only hope that um, the hearing would be in, in, in the favor of, of South African state and trying to see if there would actually be an, an extradition that we've been hoping for, for, for justice on this case. Yeah, it does seem like a delay or frustration tactic because one doesn't just get up and go to Malawi tomorrow, you know. There's finances involved, there's planning involved. Witnesses have lives they, not, they now have to put on hold. Do we know how many are expected to uh, travel to testify? Any aid financially for them? Uh, exactly. That would that would probably may have to come on the South African side because this is the case against uh, the state, and they may have to now look at uh, credibility of these witnesses and also the welfare of this of these witnesses and also their safety as well would also be have to be provided for by the by the state and and because knowing the um, the dynamism around this case and also also the interest in it as well, um, the this will have to be decided by by the South African side. Okay, let's uh, talk about uh, hashtag RIP, a.k.a. the family of um, Kenan Forbes. They are condemning dangerous social media conspiracies about a.k.a.'s death. It was at a media briefing when his father was making these comments. What are the conspiracies and who is making them? Uh, yes, it's it's quite un- unfortunate, um, and everyone is still 
um, still mourning the loss of of, of AKA, and it's, it's the conspiracy now is now being pointed to some of the friends in the video who was actually dining with him and on the night where he was actually murdered, and there were also conspiracies that were also pointing to his ex um, girlfriend's uh, father as well, who must also de- uh, deny the allegation blatantly, and um, but the social media would not stop. Uh, and trying to spin different um, conspiracies around these cases. And I think it is also, maybe some of them might think they're doing this out of love for for, for, for the late um, artist, but also it could also come across to be uh, some sort of disrespect as well if we look at it in a different way. And and, and the family is actually asking them to to just refrain from, from doing this and then we should just let the... Uh, the South African police, the law enforcement, to actually uh, do their work and and be able to see how they can put these uh, perpetrators uh, uh, to book. Of course, AKA and real name Kenan Forbes and a longtime friend Debello Mutswani were gunned down on Friday. It was in Florida Road in Durban. Do you think CCTV footage, uh, the analysis thereof, is where this whole thing comes from? Or maybe it is the fact that South Africans just don't trust the law? The Twitter police now um, take over from the SAPS. Uh, absolutely, and it's it's you know it's uh, it's it's just because the, the the footage got leaked to the public, and um, and we shouldn't have actually. And um, in fact, uh, the CCTV footage being leaked could also um, also affect the investigation in a way. It shouldn't have been allowed to be released to the public in the first place. And also looking at how the Twitter police are doing this work, and if we look at um, a case of um, of the late Senzo Meiwa as well. It has gone for a lot of years now, and um, we have not been able to see where that case is. Uh, we haven't seen the end of the case. And I think they, that is one of the reasons why people are also losing um, interest in the South African police. We've seen comments that, uh, that were made by the South African police and some government officials and we could see responses saying that we already know that and we want something new. People are really hurt and um, and they want answers just like the family of of, 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 of the of the deceased. And and also we know that they are his families, but everyone feels AKA belongs to them and because they love him and they would all want um, answers uh, for, 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 for this uh, tragedy that happened to him and his uh, friend. Another tragedy and somebody who also belonged to more than just his family, hashtag Ayob Mangali, we talk of his murder now as the DA is calling for an urgent solution to tackle gangsterism. Uh, the party is saying that townships are plagued by gangsterism and it's putting the lives of its residents in danger. He was shot outside his house on Sunday night, Ayob Mangali being a community activist in Eldos or Eldorado Park in Johannesburg. Uh, also, he was coordinator of the People Against Gangter- Gangsterism and Drugs Group. What is the DA saying is the solution? Um, the DA is, is quite unfortunate and is someone that um, I've actually uh, met and doing some of my work in, in, the, in El Dorado Park, actually. And when this news broke, it's quite uh, sad. And the DA uh, actually um, trying to see how they can get the South African police to actually um, 
to allocate more resources to these police stations and and also to see how they can actually improve in the in the crime intelligence and also not just the intelligence part. This crime needs to be prevented from happening. We do not want to be um, going to see the the aftermath of the crime, but we should be looking at the proactive South African police. I know there's quite a lot of pressure on them, and 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 I think the reality also is that if we look at the crime statistics in the country. Um, we don't. I think with the with um, with the IOP now and AKA and uh, and and his friend now because these are popular people and that is why it's making the news and this is the reality of, of an average South African that is out there being faced with crime every single day. I think it is something that uh, we need to begin to look at as a country and, and try to see how we can be proactive and, and provide the, the South African police with the necessary resources uh, to improve in their, in their daily tasks in fighting crime. Absolutely. Hashtag UCT registrations. Uh, the CRC in the UCT is demanding that all students, even those with outstanding fees, need to be allowed to register for the 2023 academic year. Is this something that's possible and how possible? I think it is It is something that, um, well, uh, during my time, it, it wasn't you have to clear your debt before actually registering. And we know that times are changing. The economy is taking a knock. There is COVID, sorry, I was going to say COVID. There is ESCOM yeah. load shedding, which has also affected businesses as well. So we can understand that the economy is taking a knock and it's also some are recovering as well. And, and I think this school needs to begin to engage the student, um, even with social uh, uh, welfareism as well, in a way to engage them to understand um, what exactly is the reason why your fees have been delayed and all sort of things. So there should need to be some sort of negotiation and conversation around this and find a way to get them registered and, and look for extension of the of the payments and I think that could also work. Uh, protesting could is one of the ways students usually use to get their voice heard. But I think the SRC needs to find an approach to talk to the governing body and, and trying to see how they can work around this. I wouldn't, it would, I wouldn't, of course, would not want the students not to register, but the school also need the money to run um, it, the, the, the business of, the, of education as well in the country. So it's, it's quite a bit uh, tricky, but I think they can work something out. All right. Well, let's leave it there for today, Ade. We'll chat again tomorrow then. All the best for the rest of the day. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Adekunle Owolabi is journalist, researcher and social commentator. The phone got cut right at the right time when we are done with our chat, unlike other times where it just interrupts our uh, chatting. Your response.